This is your Friday Best Bits on Red Radio. Welcome back to Red Radio. Um, we are now going into our best bits this Friday. Um, all the best bits from throughout the week on Red Radio. You can actually catch all of the shows that you hear today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever get you get your podcasts. So yes, enjoy your Friday wind down and have a fantastic weekend. Red Radio will be back live in person Monday, 3 p.m. Live with Simon Harrison on Red Radio. Broadcasting live 24-7. So, I want to talk about this man, George C. Parker, right? So, he's an American con man. He was born in 18, on the 16th of March in 1860. So, basically what this guy did is, for 30 years, he sold the Brooklyn Bridge twice a week for $50,000. For $50, between, between $50 and $50,000 to tourists. So... I don't know if you can imagine back back you see this guy wearing his he's wearing his top hat his suit and he's walks up to tourists and he's like here's the brooklyn bridge it's yours for fifty thousand dollars i mean would you ever buy the brooklyn bridge for fifty thousand dollars do you think you're ever that gullible yet no i mean that's that seems like a that seems like a fantastic deal to me i mean, I mean the worth of the brooklyn bridge must be hundreds of millions of dollars for just fifty thousand dollars for the whole Brooklyn Bridge. For fifty dollars, sometimes you could just you 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 have the right to the Brooklyn Bridge. So you know, I would take the cars. The cars on the bridge must be worth uh, enough to pay that off. Be like, yeah, this is my private property. Everybody's cars on here. Everybody's cars on here is mine. I'm impounding it. It's mine. So this guy, what he also did, he, so as he sold the Brooklyn Bridge like twice a week. So he finds a new person, a new tourist, every twice a week, sells him the Brooklyn Bridge. And then what they do, they go put up toll gates on the Brooklyn Bridge. So <laughs> there are these tourists, I don't know where from, probably from like England or something, they're tourists here, putting up toll gates on the Brooklyn Bridge to 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 toll people going past a public bridge, which they which they apparently own, inverted commas, which they just bought for $50,000. I mean, it's amazing. So, yeah. I can imagine. This guy was also an, a bigger, an even bigger con man because he also ran some Ponzi schemes. So, for those of you that don't know how Ponzi schemes works, is you basically go up to like two people and you say, "Give me ten rand now, I'll give you twelve rand later." Then you go to four people and you say, "Give me six rand, give me six, give me eight rand now, I'll give you." I'll give you 10 rand later. So then you keep on getting more money and then you pay the people above in the tiers. And then you, you basically, you don't actually make money. You're just taking other people's money and giving it to, giving it, taking other people's money and giving it to other people. Now, the problem with these is what happens when you run out of people. <laughs> I mean, you must do some, you must, you must have done some like serious things walking around and be like, yeah, I'll give you. I'll just, just trust me. I'll bring you your money in a week. But then, then you, then you run out of people, and then you can't pay off your Ponzi scheme. The people above you start getting angry. The police get involved, and then, yeah, I don't know. And then there's pyramid schemes. I, don't, I don't, What do you, what do you feel on pyramid schemes? And the whole thing is like, sell this amount of stuff you can get, you get to raise your tier. I think pyramid pyramid schemes can be, I think, very rewarding for some people. I've seen some people they love pyramid schemes; it gives them something to do. I mean, the problem is when they don't make a profit, but some people are making a profit. I think the biggest problem with pyramid schemes is when the the products are like rubbish sometimes, but everyone's just so invested in it and believes so strongly that the product is fantastic. Like, um, there was a thing Essential called oils. It was a new skin. New skin. It was a multi-level pyramid scheme. So what they did was uh, they basically had these like they sold toothpaste and cream, and somehow my mother got to buying one of these products from I think someone at her office, and it was like a level three rubbish. distributor. No, I, no, I think they were bottom of the did, bottom did of the barrel. Did she just buy? No, she just bought. Uh, she just bought her uh, one one cream and one toothpaste, both of which were absolute garbage. So I think I think it's. They did some research and they said some some people did some research and they said you're only actually benefiting from a pyramid scheme if you're in the top three tiers. 
So if you're not in the top three tiers, you're not going to be making money or gaining any benefits from from pyramid from pyramid schemes or in new skins place in multi-level marketing. So it's all just like, <laughs> and also when they when they're selling when they're selling products that don't like actually mean anything. Yeah, that's the problem with the pyramid schemes. You can only have thirteen levels, and if there's five people per level, I mean five people at the top level. Once you're on thirteen levels, that's the whole world. That's every human being <laughs> on the yeah. planet in your pyramid scheme. Thirteen levels. Yeah, so on the thirteenth level, on the thirteenth level, this, on the thirteenth level, there's not enough. There's not enough. There's not enough people in the world to run the pyramid scheme. Yeah. And then, so this guy, the one that sold the Brooklyn Bridge twice a week to twice a week, the one that sold the Brooklyn Bridge twice a week for around fifty thousand dollars, got sent to jail. And what he did. When he was in jail at Sing Sing Prison, that's that's also a funny name for a prison. Sing Sing Prison sounds I mean, very. What a name! I feel like the living in the eighteen hundreds must have been pretty cool. Got guy yeah. selling bridges, Sing Sing Prison. Sing Sing Prison sounds pretty cool. But anyway, what this guy did is he stole the sheriff's hats and jackets and just walked out of the prison. And then he was then he got caught and sentenced to life, a sentence for life in Sing Sing Prison. Live with McCona and Chloe on Red Radio. For the students, by the students. It's Red Radio, starting off your day. And we are back, and now we are going to be talking about how the keeping up with the Kardashians is ending. I'm honestly sister. I was heartbroken. I was physically in pain. Like when I found out now, because it's like it's so entertaining. Just seeing how celebrities live, it's just wow. Literally, literally. Like the Kardashian and everything. It's right? Just everything. Like, I started watching that show back in the day, you know, when when Kylie and Kendall were still like yeah. very, very yeah. small kids. And like now, it's just like their age. They're old. <laughs> They're old. They're old. And now the show is just continuing. And I, my heart is broken. Like, where, where are we going to get our Kim Kardashian memes from then? Honestly. Like, like my earring fell in the water. And <laughs> there are people who are dying. <laughs> I just, I love that show so much. And it's just like, even though, you know, like it just, it's so artificial and that life is just a, a bit much. It's like, it's so funny because it's honestly, like, honestly, like the way celebrities live. It's just, it's so interesting to watch, like how they move. Like imagine waking up and saying, "Okay, let me go pick a car, like from a variety of cars." Honestly, wow. like I wish, I wish. Wow. Oh, like today I'm gonna ride, lady. Um, she's my royal choice. You know, <laughs> like I'm really proud of this car. I love it so much. Um, this car was there when I won the Grammy Award. So yeah, I just I love it, and I'm honestly gonna miss that show so much. Just the energy that comes out of that show. It's beautiful because it's just so bad. I honestly, I just I love it. I love it so much. But let's just talk about how having fame is kind of bad for young people. Honestly, you know, so it's like, like mm-hmm. it's weird, hey? Because even there's so many young kids that are actually mm-hmm. so famous. Like, mm-hmm. also, okay, wait. If we think of it as a young, okay, so let's okay. Obviously, like you know, Stormy, she's young. She's like yeah. a little baby, but like that's a bit different. But like you know, like Charlie D'Amelio and all that. Yeah, she's sixteen, and like obviously, like obviously, she says no, the hate doesn't get to me and everything. And I'm all like, at one point, I think it would get to you because Mm. like people are constantly yeah. If you're more famous than them, obviously, she's also very, she's also quite pretty and everything. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, she's so pretty and everything. It's like, it's like I think. It, it, the problem with having fame at a young age is that, like, even for Stormy, right? Because, like, right now, obviously, there can't really be hate going towards her. But it's, like, it, there's always going to be eyes on her. And I feel like it's going to be this know, major yeah. pressure, this extreme pressure of knowing that everybody's watching me. If I make one wrong move, it'll be everywhere. Imagine like, the fear of imagine people the, finding your address. Right, like, like, imagine oh, that so kind of there. trauma. No, because, no, you know, no. like, that kind of fear and trauma. Because, like, already some of us wouldn't even go on some apps because we're afraid they were going to get stolen or caught. Like, it's for them, it's just like... Stolen! Stolen! (laughs) So it's like, imagine how much pressure it must be to know that you're always being watched and someone's always looking for a problem, something something that you're doing that's wrong, you know? 
So I mean, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit worrying. It's a bit scary. Like I think it's very. I feel like it's a very toxic environment for a child to grow up in that like environment. Like it's very toxic for them because yeah. like with Charlie, like Charlie Dominio, like I feel for her because she's the same age as us. So she's literally like our age, man, and it's like she's getting all this hate thrown towards her for being her. And I don't I'm, know. Yeah, it's really sad. Like I just, I feel like she has to act a certain way in public, and she can't do something. She can't have fun because having fun yeah, might get the whole say. world to, you know, hate her. Especially having like that many followers on their account. That's a big stream. Yeah, but, I know. you know, overall, it's a bit crazy the, how the whole thing works and just how fame yeah. is and how it moves. Yeah, yeah, fame is just uh, a weird topic. I don't I think know. I want to become famous. You know, I don't. I don't want to become famous. Yeah, I mean, I, I must mean, be hard. It is quite hard to be famous. I think you know, it, you just have yeah. to take it in your stride. I mean, I mean, yeah. no one would know because it, it's a bit hard for me. Um, but I am alone in my struggle of being famous wow. at Red Hill. Wow. Um, but I mean, but you know, to you, you take it in your stride. I mean, I mean guys, I have like I have like eight hundred a solid eight hundred followers. Like I mean, let's just to be honest. Okay, you might be okay, you might be famous on your little with your little eight hundred, <laughs> like whatever's, but I'm kinda TikTok famous, you know. Like, um not to brag, but I have one thousand likes on TikTok for all my videos. Wow. Guys, my TikToks are so funny. If only if Red Radio, if only I could like show you my tiktoks i i'm the I, i'm actually the funniest person living i'm actually the funniest person living wow okay wow i'm just i just i just you know i just want to put it out there you know i'm kind of the person who's coming with my lovely jokes all the time so you know i'm saying something but i'm not really saying funny my jokes are lovely no my jokes are great like everybody can agree my jokes are fantastic like come on you laugh we all laugh like they're so good i mean Especially that one when I told you, like, why is Shakespeare afraid of pens? Um, I'm only use pens because he, c- pencils confuse him to be or not to be. Mona <laughs> <laughs> and Chloe bringing it all straight to you. Send us a message in our chat section on our website or app. Red Radio. For the students, by the students. Oh my god, I'm going to cry when I die when you're here. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? Really, that's 75,000 dollars. Wait, did you say something to her? No, I'm not, man. She's like, you know I'm not happy. You know I'm trying. You know I'm not happy. You know I'm trying. Get out of here. 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 Get out of Okay, everyone. So you should know David and I by now. We've been doing this for quite a long time. But I feel like I actually don't know who David Karayuki is. David, do you know who I am? Uh, sorry, what's your name again? <laughs> Very funny. Anyway, guys, I've literally hit Google and been top 20 questions to ask someone. And so David and I are literally going to interview each other. Because as you know, on the David and Ali show, it wouldn't be a Wednesday afternoon unless we interviewed someone. <laughs> So, David, I have my first question for you. What is the craziest, most, most outrageous thing you want to achieve? Okay, I want to buy Chelsea Football Club one day. Oh, my word. Okay, okay. How are you going to do that? What's, what's like, the, the five-step plan? So, like, I'm in, I have this um, really cool app idea planned out that I want to pursue Indeed. when I'm older. And, like, create this app and hopefully that'll... Uh, make me some some big some big bucks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. What is your guilty pleasure? Um, my guilty pleasure. Oh my goodness. What is? Oh, cheesecake. Baked Red. cheesecake. <gasps> oh, baked cheesecake is go- good. Have you ever had that salted caramel one from Woolies? That's really good. Okay. No, anyways, but that's not baked. Oh my gosh, rubbish. Number three. What do you bring with you everywhere you go? My phone. Okay. Yeah. Besides your phone? Um, besides my phone. Remember when we were in Europe, I used to carry that fanny pack around all the time. <laughs> Me too. I also had a fanny pack. Okay, great. Next question. If you had intro music, what song would it be and why? It has to be Liquidator. 
Liquidator. Okay. Guys, everyone go on to everyone go on to Spotify, Apple Music. Hopefully you have Spotify. Listen to Liquidator. I know I said we wouldn't mention football, but it's the beginning of it's like the song that they play every match in the morning, right? And it just it makes you so happy. It has nothing to do with the sport or anything, but it just makes you so happy. I think Thomas is whipping it up right now. Everyone, we have to listen to Liquidator. Okay, here we go. <laughs> what is this, David? This is yay, terrible. Yay, yay. Oh, I love that, that is arguably the worst thing I've ever heard. I would, ha- I would be so embarrassed to walk into a song like this. So embarrassed. Uh, Tom, it's uh, so. Just... Doesn't it just get your your groove moving? Yeah. Maybe because no. I don't associate it with soccer. I'm sorry, football. Maybe if I like associated it with that, it would be different. But I'm sorry, all I'm hearing is like a silly little song that could be played on the xylophone. But besides the point... Oh my god, Dave, that is so rude. Okay, let's go. Two more questions. Rapid fire. Is happiness an okay. end goal or simply a byproduct of other things? Oof. Say that again? Is happiness sorry. an end goal or simply a byproduct? Do I have to pick one or the other? Hmm. I mean, give I me your answer. I don't think happiness is an is an end goal. I think happiness is like, you know, something that you can find as you go along through life. So I guess I'd say it's a byproduct. Okay. But like a continuous byproduct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um and then this one I know you really want to get into this. So I have a really big question for you. What book has influenced you the most? Rat 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 It's a book by Mark Manson called The Subtle Art called the subtle art of not giving an f word right (laughs) we bought at the beginning of the year but as you know i don't read so i only read it when we have load shedding okay which Um, is which has occurred quite often recently so which has occurred quite often which has occurred quite often so i've started the book and basically it's um you know the type the subtitles account a counterintuitive approach to living a good life and the first part of the book talks about the feedback loop from hull so it's when you think about something and then we'll say you're worrying about something, right? And then you're thinking about why you're worrying about that thing. And then you're feeling guilty for worrying about worrying about that thing. Like, do you know what I mean? I think so. It's like things about that. Um, It just gives you like a a helpful guide, you know, to overthinking and to just accept things in life. So like stop trying to, you know, forever try and be better than this person Mm. else. Or stop trying to forever achieve what this person has achieved. Just accept you know, the bad things in life, accept the things that happen when you feel sad, accept and acknowledge that you're feeling sad, you know, instead of just trying to be more all the time. And I really really think it's an interesting book. I'd recommend it to everyone. Yeah. Aren't there a couple in like a series? Aren't there a few of them? I think so. I I think the other one is called Everything is Effed. A book oh, on yes, hope, something yes. like that, yeah. Because there's like an orange one and a blue one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, That's well, the blue one. there's David's weekly book review for anyone who ever wants that. Oh Sounds like a good book. Oh I think I'll be popping out to exclusive books before we end the show. I'm going to run over there and buy that book. Live with Salmon Harrison on Red Radio. Broadcasting live 24-7. And welcome back. So, Judd, I want to know, do you collect anything like... Pokemon cards or coins or anything? I can actually collect many things. I do collect Pokemon cards. My collection's uh, quite nice, actually. Uh, some, uh, I, some say it's, uh, it's a fantastic and amazing. I, I think my Pokemon cards will outdo you any day of the week. Me, me uh, and my water deck will outdo you any day of the week in a Pokemon. No, 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 no. My Don't try deck. me. I'll no, 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 no. My I'll flip coins, roll dices, and chuck cards on the table just to beat you. Yeah, Watch it. But, uh, you want to know something cool? Here, your main deck's a water deck. My main deck is a, it's a leaf deck, so you just got wrecked. I did. But why? Not Okay, it's fine. That's a fine. My fidget spinner collection will beat yours, though. I mean, I've my... got the Captain America fidget spinner, the fancy, like, um, the fancy oil slick one, you know, one of those. 
I have a collection of twenty something fidget spinners. They're just uh, someone at home with them. From China. So I don't know. They someone someone else has them, but they are mine. I do own them. <laughs> they are mine somewhere. I have a so, pretty nice Funko Pop collection. If you want to play. Nah, I collect ducks, like little rubber ducks. Like oh, that's around. pretty cool. Those are cooler than Funko Pops. I think they are cooler because I got the idea from um, my cousin in England. He like has them and he has a bunch of like ducks. He has like one wearing like a Queen's Guard hat and then he has a West Ham duck. So I was like, whoa, that's pretty sick. So then I started collecting ducks because I thought it would be pretty cool. Oh yeah, so, just listening to the news with Genevieve now, I heard they had started collecting coronavirus in England. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, okay. So, I want I, I googled what the most collected thing was. And it's antique furniture followed by vinyl records and comic books. Now, I, I think that's a bit of like, out of our generation. Because do you have any... Co- I, I think I have like two comic books. And that was when my mom was like, maybe you should try reading something. Because I, I didn't like reading and my mom was like, maybe he'll read comic books. So I have two comic books that they unopened. They're still in the plastic. I mean, I don't think they're worth that much. But I mean, I, I, do you have vinyl records or antiques in your... Do you collect antiques? No, I mean, I have antiques in furniture in my room. It's just because my parents needed to put it somewhere. I have like one or two comic books, but I mean, most of my comic book collection is digital. It's way easier that way, because I'm like a Zoomer, so. I I don't know if I can do that whole comic book thing. This is a bit confusing for me. I'm like, I don't understand it. Yeah, it does get a bit much. I need voiceovers and acting. That that would be great if a comic book was, there was acting and voiceovers in a comic book. Wouldn't that just be a movie? It would, but I think it would be great. And then I collect coins as well. I'm quite, I'm quite the collector. Really? Where, what's, like a, uh, what's your rarest coin that you believe? My rarest have? coin is probably a coin that has a big hole in it from like Japan or something. That's wow. don't all don't all of those coins have big holes in them? Big square hole? I I no, it's like a it's like a hexagonal hole in my in my coin that's that I collect. It's pretty. It's it's pretty good. I, I mean, it's probably worth more in metal than the actual monetary value of the money is. But, <laughs> but anyway, I, I collect my coins if I find any. Because my grandfather gave me a bunch of coins, and then I'm like collecting, and then it's a mission to sort out. I mean, keeping track of them. So I kind of just put them all in a big tub. I kind of like just gave in to the whole thing. Yeah, I mean that's a that seems like a pretty cool thing to collect. I'm sure, there's lots of different coins. I wonder how many different types of like, current coins that are in use there are. Oh, I mean, yeah, there's that whole thing where you collect like the different, like the the fifty cent like or something coins from like America. You get the George Washington one, and like you get like this book, and you like there's like there's only like it's only of one t- it's only of one value of coin, and you have to like try fill it with like all the different like eras of coins because even with the south african two rand coins there's the one with the flag and there's one with the people marching and then there was a new one that i saw this year it was like a 2020 coin i don't remember what it was but they release a new coin like every year and i've still got some of that old like old money do you remember the old like the old money with the bad pictures before oh yeah that like money... ultra, before the money became ultra saturated I mean, that money seemed like cool at the time. Like at the time, I like no, I don't think anyone thought there was a problem with it. But looking back at it now, I mean, it it looks like a like a soggy piece of paper. <laughs> a soggy piece of paper, yeah. And then classic cars is the next one on the list. Do you have any classic cars, Judd? So I personally don't, but I am set to inherit a, a Mazda Yunos Roadster, which is the Japanese version of the MX-5. That's, that's quite a classic, that car. It's about no, I know exactly what you're talking about. Hey, that MX Roadster or something. something. Yeah. I, I know all about cars. Hey? I know about the, the spoiler and the, and the engine and the, and the steering wheel. I know, engine, I know eh? all about the cars. That engine, it's cool, eh? And then I also collect... I, I collect a lot of things. I guess you could actually call me a hoarder, maybe. You know, probably not a hoarder, but I've got these like little rocks. You know, you go to like it's called the the scratch patch. 
by Cape Town. It's like, it's, it's like a big pit of stones where like a bunch of other little snotty kids run around, <laughs> pick up stones and put it in their little bucket and 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 put the stones in and could take them home and put them in a little bag. So when I went there, this was supposed to have been when I was like 10, I went there and I found, I, found, I was searching around, I was trying to find the best stones or whatever, to fill up my cup with the best of the bestest stones. And I, found, and I found this little, like, little nugget that looked like gold. So I was like, Mom, Mom, Dad, I, fu- I found some gold. So they, they didn't know what it was. They took it to the, like, the person supervising. And they went up to, like, the desk and got, like, the little sheet of all the different stones you could find. And we figured out that it was actually Foo's gold. It was pyrite. So, I mean, it was kind of depressing. But also, the chances of getting that was quite hectic from, from the Foo's gold. So, yeah. That that's what I collect. You collecting wine, Judd? Any wine or fine art and jewelry? So are once you, again, are I you a collector of fine art and jewelry? I would love to collect fine art. I don't. Uh, I'm not employed most of the time. Usually, <laughs> don't have a salary. So usually, when I am employed, I don't have a salary. Yeah, so it's quite hard to collect fine art, but I do admire fine art quite a bit. I, mean, and it's, I can see why adults would collect it. I don't get the whole concept of like modern arts. I mean, it seems like a scam. Not, I don't know what's more of a scam: selling the, selling the Brooklyn Bridge or buying into fine art. Fine. No, I, art. I think fine art's less of a scam. The one time you didn't, you didn't get anything in the one transaction. <laughs> so. I mean, you did get like a fake, like little certificate that said you owned. Oh, that's uh, true. Owned the I could have made Bridge. that in Photoshop in fifteen minutes if you want. I mean, if you I made guess... that in Photoshop. 200 years ago, I would have been very impressed. I guess the same could be said for the fine art. You could be like, I can make that in Photoshop in 15 minutes. I'm sure if Leonardo saw, Leonardo da Vinci saw your, saw your abstract art, I think he'd be quite disappointed. It's like, where is, where is, where is the fine brushwork and the realistic characteristics of the oil painting on the, Special yeah, I don't know. Maybe I think we're dipping into the wrong era there. Maybe we should be comparing the contemporary art to a realist era. But um, yeah. you can come with your argument if you want. I mean, yeah, I, I don't get the whole thing of art, but collecting collecting is fun. It's like a hobby. I also c- got lucky beans. You know the lucky beans, the little red beans that fall off the tree. Those nope, those cool. I've, I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> you don't know what lucky beans are. It's no. okay. Uh, it's, it's, it's fine. Luck, lucky beans. I'm, I'm sure some of the people listening know what lucky beans are. They're, they're the real. They're the real home. They're, they're the real homies. They, they're, they're the lucky bean plugs. Well, I collect flash drives. I'm sure everyone, <laughs> everyone listening will uh, know what a flash drive is. One hundred percent of the audience. No, I've got like one flash drive and it's filled with like four movies because it's like 16 gigabytes. So. But you see, you have one. Everyone has one flash drive that actually like works or they know where it is. But the amount of flash drives per household must be much higher than that one. What is the flash drive per household ratio? Probably like 22 or something. That's oh, pretty, pretty high. You can imagine all the flash, flash drives that go missing. Yeah. Well, anyway, so that was us talking about coin uh collecting collecting and the most collected thing is antique furniture and vinyl records so we'll be back into it after the short break insightful raw and real with Missy and george it's red radio starting off your day for the students by the students i am sure we're starting a little bit late today but you know what it's a thursday we're all tired already. So um, if you guys don't remember us, we were on the show last week. Uh, George and Lizzie, we were talking about the response to activism. Right, George? Do you remember that? that I fun. remember that, yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad. So just to carry on with that chain, we are going to be talking kind of about um, the response to kind of coronavirus around the world. It's going to be, I think, a little bit more lighthearted today. And maybe we'll talk a little about a little bit more about, you know, South Africa instead of countries no one's ever heard of. Mm, I think. Like America. Yeah, exactly, like America. So um, so today I'd like to start out just by um, just talking about our lockdown, because I think we're all kind of, you know, lockdown, you know, postpartum depression of lockdown. Um, we're all still not really used to being 
allowed outside. Um, so apparently, <laughs> Red um, South Africa specifically had an incredibly intense lockdown. We were really, if you look at it on a spectrum, we had incredibly intense, but also very productive lockdown. You know, what do you? Yeah, think? it was so, very. Um, <laughs> it was kind of cruel. Some of the <laughs> some of the laws were very, <laughs> very. <laughs> Talk about the one with alcohol. Is that the one? Yeah. <laughs> so, so I mean, but apparently it was very, very effective. And from... and so, from the standpoint of people inside hospitals, it was you know you could see the difference when you know the government banned alcohol. There was suddenly you know, an incredible increase in people rushing into hospitals. Um, but when alcohol wasn't banned, for example, shame George, sorry, when it wasn't banned, hospitals were, were much emptier and the lockdown worked, hey. It, it genuinely decreased the rates in hospitals, the inflow. It was very productive. Um, but she told, she told me, this woman who works at these public hospitals, she told me that um, as soon as the alcohol ban was lifted, you suddenly had what, hundreds of people flooding in with knives in their eyes, but also coughing, you know. As, cool. Yeah, as you have in South Africa. Um, That's just, cool. Yeah, I just remember thinking that was very, very funny because, you know, you know, bleeding out. But it's also, you know, you also have coronavirus and you're also actively spreading. It's so funny. Am I right? <laughs> right, George. <laughs> Laugh with me, George, please. <laughs> no. um yeah that that that's that's intense um (laughs) but i guess the alcohol ban did have i mean i I would be interesting to see like the long-term effects of it like what happens long term i'm just wondering what do you do if you're an alcoholic i don't (laughs) yeah that's the part where it gets messy because like it's not easy to quit and then suddenly you take it off immediately like yeah, take it away from them immediately of, government's enforced yeah. rehab can't be fun yeah yeah it can't be fun yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then so we're gonna get back to south africa i promise but i just george you wanted you earlier you were telling me about um trump again we're just gonna go back to america just for a little bit you know the country no one's ever heard of and just talk about his response to america um, just because if you look at it from a graphical point of view, and I did graph research because I am an expert, expert and a professional, and he laughed George, it's funny. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so artificial. Anyway, so on a graph, um, America is doing incredibly below average um, in terms yeah. of the way they handle it, the death rate, the um, what's it when people get infected, the infection rate. It's it's a bit of a disaster there. But you were telling me, George, earlier about what. Um, Trump was uh, something very special about Trump, which came to light this week. Would you like to ex- explain? Well, essentially, there's this journalist, Woodward, he's like a very famous journalist. He took down Richard Nixon, basically. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, Quite a career then, you know. <laughs> yeah. He's, amazingly, he's still alive. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, he managed to get audio of Trump saying how deadly the coronavirus was back in February. February. He was saying that in private, and which is the exact opposite thing of what he was saying in public, which was mm-hmm. the coronavirus is not deadly at all. You don't need to like, you, like don't need to wear any masks. It's just mm-hmm. like the flu. So basically, he kind of proved that Trump was actively downplaying a threat to America because of political yeah. reasons. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and it's a little, you know, he was also he kind of came out and was like, no, these Democrats are upplaying the virus. Dr. Fauci, who was, you know. If you don't know, he's, you know, a very well-respected uh, a doctor in America. Yeah. Very, very, very public figure as well. He was like, guys, wear your masks. This is not just a cold. And um, he, Trump pretty much ignored him. And there was a lot of beef that went on there. But we won't get into that. Um, but, like, I don't understand is, like, like, Dr. Fauci is literally, he's, like, on, he was on, like, the same, like, cabinet as Trump. Like, I don't understand, like, mm-hmm. how, how do you, like, to, like, disagree with the guy that you, like, kind of appointed? Yeah. relationships are hard okay they could be you know stuff could be going on someone could be sleeping with melania you know you don't know (laughs) he was voted the sexiest man alive Uh, (laughs) so i mean so i just i think i think that's all we're going to really talk about america today because we did 
touch on it a lot last week. And I think that um, for people who don't keep up with American politics, you know, have social lives and that's that, that sort of thing, you know, and aren't nerds, um, it becomes a little bit difficult to follow. So I think we're going to go back to South Africa um, after the break. And also, I think we're going to be talking about misconceptions running coronavirus. A lot of them are very funny. Uh, I think we're going to be talking about that. So I have quite a few stories and I think George does as well. Uh, yeah. Just the elderly shame, the poor elderly. Um, and then, uh, I love the elderly. <laughs> okay, and I think I think that's it for now. And I think we're going to go into news very shortly, right, George? That should be entertaining. yeah, I know. that should be entertaining. <laughs> you were about forty seconds too short there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, as well. Um, yes, sir. Well, news is always very entertaining. Usually, very. So we'll just hype up the news for the next thirty <laughs> seconds. <laughs> the news is coming, guys. Inside the conversation, beyond the facade, and into the truth with Lizzie and George on Red Radio. Um, so back to what we were talking about. We agreed, and we promised everyone that we would talk about, let's say, the elderly's to be polite and politically correct. The elderly's response to coronavirus and the way that they have reacted. Um, so for example, I'll go first. I have a teacher, not at Red Hill, um, just, you know, keep things legal, um, not at Red Hill, who is completely under the impression that coronavirus is a government hoax and that the government is trying to repress us and keep us inside. And that's why they've created this lie that is coronavirus. And she thinks that anyone who goes out wearing a mask is very stupid, but then she does it anyway. I don't, you know, it's... <laughs> yeah. It's one of those. It's one of, it's one of those ones that's really hard to, you know. I mean, it's obvious. It, it, it's really obvious that it's like a conspiracy and like. Yes, no, it is. It is. I really, it's. it's but not like, you still don't want to die from it. Yes, you know no, what I mean? it's not insensitive at all to people who are dying. And you were telling yeah. me you have a teacher, a similar teacher. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I know someone. Yeah, he was like, he's a teacher, and he's, he's also quite old. <laughs> he's not from. He's not in Regal, and he was like. It's like, you know how you can, like, listen here, kid, you know how you're going to stop the coronavirus? Yeah. So I was like, what? And he's like, I've been, like, I've been reading up about it. And it's like, you got to eat rice. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, you got to eat a lot of rice, kid. And, and I promise you, it'll go away. Just just keep on, like, I don't know if he was trying to sell me rice. I like, I don't know. Like, maybe he had, like, another company on. I don't know. And then I have another, like, person who I know who's also, I mean, he's quite young. <laughs> I mean, but he's he's like middle aged. Yeah. Um, but he's also he's like saying that it's like made in China. It's like a virus. It's like it's like they they manufactured it yes. and like they let it loose on the uh, yeah. It's a pretty common one. It is a pretty it's, it is a pretty common one. Yeah. I just yeah no. I'm just thinking about the other teacher. What he teaches, and then on the side, he's just got you know, an underground rice business. Right. Got to sell his students the rice. Yeah. <laughs> So I have a story as well. I was speaking to let's say an elderly person I know quite well, and she she came up to me and she was like, "Liz, I have a cure for the coronavirus." I was like, "Really? That's amazing!" And she was like, "You just I found this thing online. It says that it's it's one hundred. It says underneath it, it's one hundred percent proven to kill the virus. One hundred percent." It's like, "Oh, sure, let me see it." And it was like, "You must you must just just drink lots of hot water and lemon juice." And it'll and it kills the virus, and that's yeah. what you need. <laughs> like, oh, and it's been proven. Yes, it says so on the internet. Therefore, it's fact. It's been proven. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I I was watching this video of like this, like he was like a pastor, and he was like, mm-hmm. like he also said like <laughs> he was like like this, like like this is like we've got it, like we've found the cure, people. <laughs> I mean, basically, they he got investigated by the FBI because oh, he was no. like, fraudulent. <laughs> Uh, and it was just like this like it was like this like mineral but it didn't do anything it was actually like toxic or something oh was it but he was like that's nice no (laughs) like this is it this is the cure i also heard that just going back to what we're talking about in hospitals the rate of she's saying that the rate of oxygen has gone up incredibly but also the rate of steroids because you use um it's now common practice to use steroids to treat coronavirus so when you leave really yeah, no, it's something there's something in steroids. So when you leave hospital after getting coronavirus, it's one hundred percent proven that you just go out really jacked. All of them. You'll just see suddenly a lot of really jacked people walking around. George, I can see by your face you think I'm not joking. Of course I'm joking, George. Yeah, okay, I was so confused for a second. I was like 
do, uh, do use they do use steroids, but they don't. You know, no one yeah. walks out of hospital. You know, yeah, I don't think they like like recommend it. Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the closest thing they have at the moment. I mean, other than the Russian vaccination, which you know, nobody wants to get the Russian vaccination because it came out too soon. Um, but the government <laughs> is making it compulsory. Like, you will have our vaccination. That's you don't care. <laughs> he, they skipped every single trial. Yes, no, I, like they just put like this mixture and this mixture. <laughs> done ah, this like might work. Yeah, this might work yeah see what happens like, it's so weird i don't know why they would do that because it's so risky because if like people start taking it like the virus could like adapt to that and then it sets back other like other vaccination like yeah. research because that strain it's like it doesn't it's mm. just it feels like we're in the cold war again you know it's trying to beat the americans to the vaccination oh yeah regardless of the risk to humans you know we will get there first um, <laughs> and so now another thing is another story i have is my grandmother shan very 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 would say elderly um she also you know the internet is still new to her you know she taps her phone you know like you are you know what i mean how elderly people tap their phones violently oh yeah well to be honest i also tap my phone yes no, <laughs> yes you do actually that's not even um and and she was t- she vigorously tapped her phone at me one day and she sent me this long list of things you can do to cure yourself from coronavirus and it was like all the normal things you know wash your hands wear a mask and then you know in the middle of the list like it had something um <laughs> something very it had something bizarre just in the mix of all these ordinary things it was you know wash your hands and also go home every night and put a blow dryer in your nose and leave it on for a while um, because the hot air kills the virus in your nose. Therefore, you must put a blow dryer in your nose. And it was just, and she genuinely believed that. She says, ah, I'm going out to buy a new hair dryer today. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I, I've seen that one as well. But I just, I don't, I, I don't know. Do people just like make fake stuff up for fun? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's Or do they like actually believe it? It's like Trump, you know, just oh, you know, drink bleach because it might help. Just try anything, you know. Yeah. That's <laughs> well, he said, he said, he said, no, we should inject bleach. Oh, like he so- actually said, like oh. put it in you. Oh, like which heroin. is even worse. Okay. Yeah. Heroin. Great. <laughs> <laughs> well, he strongly, highly recommended. <laughs> okay, so we're now going to we're going to jump to um, a song by Sam Fisher. It's called The City. Thank you. Yes. So we're going to just go back and we've got one more thing to talk about today before we are finally finished uh, for today's show, even though it started a bit late. <laughs> um, so, George, I, now listen, I think that I keep my head pretty, you know, in what's kind of happening currently. But then I realized that I only actually do that for international politics and I'm a terrible South African. And apparently somebody got very bored in quarantine and made a very racist ad and there was something with clicks and the the EFF please explain to me what happened i'm so confused <laughs> well it's it's that's basically it the <laughs> clicks people made like a really racist adverts wait really how clicks yeah clicks i didn't even see the advert i just but like i watched like i hate watching adverts like i can't watch any adverts so i didn't really see it i just knew it was racist Okay. And okay. I mean, what happened? Yeah. What happened? How did this? I mean, I think the EFF got really angry about that, which I mean, they got their yeah, very um, tensions rose. Okay. Okay. So what I'm hearing is that everyone's been trapped inside too long, and they needed a release. So they chose. They just so clicks. You know, they lost all judgment, and um, because they hadn't gone outside in a while, and the EFF needed to, you know, what is it? Expel their anger onto something. Would you say that's what happened? Because I I don't know really. <laughs> well, yeah, I think some some of the anger is is justified because okay. the ad was like apparently it was like <laughs> like shocking, oh, and, right. like, but yeah, I don't know the full story about how the EFF's like reaction to it. I just know that um, what ha- I'm also terrible at um, South African politics. Okay, yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just know that the ad was like in incredibly racist and that i think some of the people in the marketing department for it have stepped down mm. oh oh very nice and very nice you know it does sound to feel a little bit like um uh, it does feel a little bit like we're copying america with all of these races yeah. it does yeah. oh, hang on. i think i know what we're talking about i think what they did was they compared um 
you know, a, a kind of black hair as being dry and, you know, damaged in comparison to white hair, which I think is not obviously not the case. Yeah, that's a big yikes. Yeah, that's a little bit like, oh, dear, do you not? Wow. Do, wow. But like, also, how, how like tone deaf do you have to like, <laughs> like who sits there and thinks this is going to like, this is going to work? I know. Like what? And all the and all the people it goes through, right? It's not just one person, you know, in the cupboard, you know, in the clicks marketing department going, ooh, this will really get people. No, it's a whole group of people who go, hmm, yeah, no, in twenty twenty this seems tasteful, this seems like a good idea. This doesn't seem, you know, yeah. like something that would have been played in the nineteen fifties, you know. I just, just really and <laughs> You pay less at clicks. Yeah. <laughs> Great, thank you, George. Thank you. Um, so I think I think that's wow. It's, I I, I just got this information out. That's actually shocking, frankly. Well, actually, you did, and I did message you like the other day saying yes, no, no, yes, no. A, I'm a, but never I, mind. It's, I don't I don't really pay attention much to what's going on on in South Africa because I just I feel like if you pay attention to what's going on overseas, it's kind of like a reality TV show. You know, in South Africa, it's a bit too real. You know, overseas, you look at Trump and go ah. Will he sleep with his daughter? Will he? Won't he? Find out on next episode, you know, next yeah. week on, you know, Trump in the White House. I mean, but for South Africa, it's a little bit too real, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, for me, I find, like, sometimes it's like South Africa, like, I, I, I enjoy listening to news and watching news, but sometimes people can be, like, really, really cynical. Um, and it's just like, okay. Um, <laughs> like, but I guess that's actually, with, like, I feel like that's with every, like, if we went to, like, mm. Denmark, they'd probably like be really cynical about Denmark, you know, Norway. But then, in, yeah, we live in the richest country in the world. But yeah, everything's yeah. disaster, you know. Yeah, God, we only have you know like th- three pavements, one on either side, and in the middle of the road. It's just this real disaster. Okay. Yeah, actually, actually if, if any like like of those countries like complain too much, then it's like okay, you're just like <laughs> no, I'm just... Our roads are too good. Oh, yeah, <laughs> too good. Negative. <laughs> <laughs> David and Ali on the run. Alright guys, we're gonna head into your Shazam Top 20. You are now tuned. Nothing but non-stop hits. On Red Radio. For the students, by the students. Streaming live across the world. That is Kings and Queens, which is number 20 by Ava Max. I never knew a song could describe me so well. Number 19 is Lovely by Billie Eilish and Kenny. This is Sunday Best by Surfaces and it's your number 18. I'm sure Ed Sheeran was talking about me in this song. Number 17 is Shape of You. Come on now, follow my lead. Come, come on now, follow my lead. Mm-hmm. I'm in love with the shape of you. Senorita is in at number 16 by Sean Mendes and Camila Cabello. And your number 15 is How You Like That by Blackpink. Down one from last week is Memories by Maroon 5. Thomas is are all good, although it's difficult to see. Number 13 is Intentions featuring Quavo by Justin Bieber. 
Can't nobody throw shade on your name in these streets Triple threat, you a boss, you a bank, you a beast You make it easy to choose You got a mean touch, you can't refuse No, I can't refuse it Picture perfect, you don't need no filter. Stuck with you and at number 12 by Ariana Grande and Justin Bieber Ali tells me this at least three times a day. Number 11 is Adore You by Harry Styles. All right, all right, guys. We're going to get into your Shazam Top 10 now. Red Radio. Live. Broadcasting live worldwide. And number 10 is taken by Rosalia and Travis Scott. Rot a rot. Ali, you've never done this to me, but number nine is You Broke Me First by Tate Moran. How bad And Break My Heart by Dua Lipa is down last week in the spot number eight. Ali says this to me every time I mention football. <laughs> number seven is Don't Start Now by Dua Lipa. Don't show up. <laughs> don't come out. Don't start caring about me now. Walk away. You know how. Don't start caring about me And Miley Cyrus is in at number six with her single, Midnight Sky. This is literally how it feels every time Thomas tries to make a joke. Number five is Rain On Me by Ariana Grande and Lady Gaga. Heather is number four by Conan Gray. I still never understand this title. Watermelon already has sugar. Number three is Watermelon Sugar by Harry Styles. Dynamite is in at number two by BTS. Ironically, this is the number one word everyone used in grade 7. Number one is Savage Love by Jason Derulo. Okay, everyone. So David and I have a very interesting segment. David, do you want to explain it a little bit? David? This segment is called <laughs> Top 5 Most Sexiest Languages in the World. <laughs> we are very, very excited. Thomas has just pulled them up very quickly for us. And if I'm not mistaken, your number 5 Sexiest Language in the World is Arabic. Now, I don't know how to put on an Arabic accent. David, I don't know about you. Um, to be very, very <laughs> honest with you, I have not a clue, Annie. Okay, not well then, clue. let's just disregard number five and go on straight up there to number four, which is Brazilian Portuguese, which I completely understand. Like, have you ever heard Sofia yeah. Vergara speak? And I know that's not Brazilian Portuguese, mm. but like, I get that. Is she, is she the is she the woman from Modern Family? Yes. yes. 
Oh wow, no, her accent is fantastic. <laughs> okay, Dave, number three, which makes sense, although I absolutely hate it, is the French accent. Bonjour, madame. The language, the language of love. The language. <laughs> that the was language so love. good. That was really Thank good. You. My dad lived in my dad lived in France for eight years. Oh my gosh! So does he have a bit of a French accent? No, but he oh. can speak fluent French. Actually, funny story. He he went there to study a while ago, and he was telling me this, uh, this a while ago at the dinner table. They live in they lived in like this village kind of place. Like back in the day, back in the day, um, there were like villages, and it was a really really nice community. And I was asking him because I was like back in the day. I was asking him like, so dad, how was the racism there? Was there lots of racism or whatever? And he was telling me that it wasn't like there was. He didn't experience any racism whatsoever because the people there are so kind. Like he oh, didn't have wow. a. This was before he bought his first car. Whenever he'd come out of varsity, there'd be literally someone every single day waiting to take him home without him asking. Yo. Um, you know, just on their way. They are such kind people. Um, like one of his best friends. Every year, his parents would want him, would want to bring my dad um, over to their house to go on holiday, and the parents would get upset when my dad wouldn't come on holiday because they really Aww. liked spending time with him. It was just, it was such a nice story to hear, you know, like even so back in special. those days. That yeah. is so special. Yeah. Okay, um, what number were we on? That's your top three or top, I don't know, top four. Anyways, yeah. the next one on the list is Italian. And if I, I am a disgrace to my Italian family mm-hmm. because I actually am the worst Italian. I don't like cheese. <laughs> I don't, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm just fussy. But anyway, I can't do an Italian accent. Can you? Wait, hold on. You don't like any type of cheese, like, whatsoever? No, like, cheese on pizza, I can eat. Like, I enjoy a cheese on uh-huh. pizza. Don't don't give me a toasted cheese. Don't give me, I don't know, what? like, like what other cheese dishes can you get? Like, nachos, if there's cheese what on that. What sandwiches do you order at the tuck shop? Oh, that's a very complicated question. So, I used to have toasted bacon, because that's delish. But then I decided I'm not big on bacon, so I just don't have toasted sandwiches. So you'd rather, I ordered toast. I ordered you, two slices of toast. It's delicious. You'd rather order cooked bread and they put pig's meat in between. Yes. Than have a beautiful grilled toasted cheese yes. melting in your mouth. However, I will admit that recently I have enjoyed their low GI toasted cheese. That's quite nice. But yeah, no. Yeah, cheese just isn't for me. And then I tried one. Oh it's yeah. Disgusting. Oh, okay. Then clearly, David and I either. are never gonna go on a date and have dinner because it's just not gonna go <laughs> well. <laughs> why? Would, why would you ever like? What are the benefits of having low GI? Is it long, long-lasting energy? Have you never heard that? Because it's low GI. I don't know. We learned this in bio about the monosaccharides and polysaccharides. And Whoa. if I was honest with you, oh, I can't yes, remember, I remember anything. That. But anyway, Dave, um, I'm not gonna reveal to you what the top accent the sexiest accent in the whole world is according to this stupid website thomas is located somewhere you're gonna have to hang on to find that one out you can now access red radio in more ways than ever straight from the palm of your hand red radio red hill is where you can find us on your app store on red radio for the students by the students hello david you are the most no beautiful person in this world. Your oh, tantalizing goodness. and most beautiful face makes me scarum. Scarum. Ak Oh, jij is mooi. Okay. I'm so glad we've now established what the sexiest accent in the world is. In case you didn't guess it, it was Afrikaans. Kind of a shocker for me, Dave. I don't know. Is that the sexiest accent you've ever heard? Certainly not, to be very, very honest with you. <laughs> that accent, um, it just gives me, like, it's time for Bri in my in my. Head. I guess it's just because I, I have so many, like, links with it, with Afrikaans class and, like, yeah. <laughs> A traumatic experience. I will never forget being in grade four, and this was when, like, I don't know if everyone took Afrikaans at that point, but it was, like, a class-taught subject, and I was sitting in my grade four teacher's name, who I will not be named, and <laughs> what does that make sense? <laughs> Anyway, we're sitting in this class and she's going on about the R clunk and the U clunk and the U clunk. And that's just will forever be my mm-hmm. Afrikaans memory in my brain. The clunk. <laughs> what does that even mean? It means clunk. sound or noise or like like the A sound, the, the C sound. Uh, like, yeah. Anyway, so that's my no, Afrikaans knowledge. When I was in grade four, Ali, you know, I almost chose Afrikaans. Remember when we had to fill in those forms? Yes. I chose Afrikaans at first. 
And then, you know, after chatting, and my reason Yo. for choosing Afrikaans was Google Translate yes. helps me with the writing of speeches in Afrikaans. Yes. I I went to go Google Translate something in Isizulu and it didn't come up. Is there no e- Google Translate for Isizulu? Oh, no, it's so much better now. It's like, oh, it's, okay. it's fluent. Oh, but that's I almost chose Afrikaans and I almost ruined my entire life. But thank goodness. <laughs> I, I did. Thomas my... and I did choose Afrikaans. We did ruin our entire life. I, I, that was the worst decision I've but ever made. But let me be honest with you. My decision was, do I take a subject where no one can help me? Mm. Where like there is, mm. and you're right, there wasn't a Google Translate. Yeah. That's it. Or do I take a subject where my mother's surname is Fundamova and I'm kind of set for life? Like that, I'm going to be honest. That was my reasoning. If I had a homework or a speech, someone could help me translate. That was my thought but process. But I think that was a lot time. of people's reasons, to be honest. Yeah. Like a lot of people. For me, I didn't. For me, I didn't really have that dilemma either because no one in my family spoke either languages. Oh you know yeah. So it was all up but, to you, which is really nice. <laughs> yeah, but there was someone um, at home named Vicky. Uh, she she used to work in the house and and she spoke Isizulu, so that was a that was somewhat of a bonus. But let me tell you, in grade five, Isizulu was the best subject in the world because we used to play Go Fish every oh, yeah? friday <laughs> and it was like an isizulu version of go fish and when i tell you that was it called like doba or something like, I yeah, remem- it was called doba. oh my word I, I remember you guys Dor- talking about this relationships ruined in that game <laughs> yo, 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 when i tell you there was one day there was one day where someone exploded oh exploded word. and everyone was shook <gasps> no man well, that game brought out the worst i i, I was always jealous of you guys because you guys always had like not the free lessons but like the fun lessons and you know what was the most exciting afrikaans lesson i think i've ever had was my mm. grade six or seven afrikaans teacher we were learning about like sandwiches or in a story we were reading about sandwiches and for some reason she was like okay guys i want you to make your own sandwich tomorrow like bring the ingredients like it can be as creative mm. as you want and my group got so crazy mm. we all bought waffles and ice cream and like chocolate sauce and we made a waffle sandwich and that is my favorite afrikaans lesson i think i've ever had in my life <laughs> It's a beautiful story. It's Thank beautiful you. Story. I hold that one very close to my heart. Right. So if you've been living under a rock, you probably wouldn't know. But recently, and when I mean recently, I mean the last week, there was a clicks ad, which I believe was actually under Tresemme. I don't know if Tresemme made the ad and clicks like reshared it. I'm not exactly sure. I need to look at that. But I do know that what was mentioned in that ad came across as very offensive and rightfully so. Dave, I'm assuming you have seen this ad. I have seen this ad. Okay. So, for those of you who haven't, um, there is two pictures of hair. The first picture is of a white woman's hair, and I believe it says... Oh, no, sorry, I lie. The first picture is of a black woman's hair, and it says dry and damaged. And the picture underneath says, um, with a white woman's hair, says fine and thin, if I'm not mistaken. Fine and flat. Fine and flat. Okay, and it's advertising our product. Okay, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, Nando's and Duskem have clapped back very cleverly. And I'm not entirely sure if these are legitimate. I've just been sent them through the power of family group chats. And the Dino's <laughs> one says, Nando's dining is back. Don't worry, our chicken isn't dry or damaged. <laughs> Which is so typical oh, wow. Nando's and I love it so much. And then the yeah. clicks, I mean the Duskem one, has hopped on this and said, Shop now at Duskem Online. You're just a few clicks away and the clicks is in a capital c so you know exactly what's happening yeah. over there and my favorite kind of humor is when it's online on twitter and it's different brands hitting back at each other and i'm sure david you feel the same no i love it i love that um nando's and and, and Discama are hitting back at them for it <laughs> yeah i think i think clicks I just I don't understand how how I wonder who's making those decisions like which which people are in the advertising agency that's making those decisions. I, I don't how can understand. You look at that ad and like have the sense to put it out. You Even know what? Like, Here's, the ad, Here's the thing. Here's the thing. So from what I understand, they've now fired the chief executive who 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 runs that marketing branch that's sent through that ad, and I think they've suspended mm-hmm. all the people that were working on that, which is great. Right. And I think that needs to happen. Like if that's not happening, then we are really living in a world of injustices. But now my Mm. question is, is to call my white hair fine and flat isn't exactly a compliment either. And so I can understand maybe why clicks thought they were doing themselves a favor by putting two pictures Mm. of hair up there. 
but I just don't I don't understand how somewhere along the line like I'm assuming this thing went through 20 people before it got to yeah. the final press release whatever it is like how does no one pick that up how does no one say look guys do we really want to put our brand next to this ad like are we proud of this ad I I don't know Dave what's what's your opinion on this I to be honest I was on um, Twitter and I and I went on to Clix's account because I wanted to see what their apology was saying yeah um and their apology reads, we have made a mistake and, and, and sincerely apologize for letting you down. Like, here's my problem with that, right? Mm. I don't enjoy it when people call racism a mistake because I don't think racism is a mistake. Yes, like... Right, like racism is something that is, is, is built into our society. Yeah. It's, not a, it's not a mistake. Like, I, I'm not racist by mistake. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I thought they, weren't, they really, really weren't taking up responsibility and and owning for that but that was that was my two cents and i did comment my two cents as did you wait was this in your fake twitter account or your real f- twitter? sorry oh is this, this in your fake, fake twitter account obviously i don't have the real twitter account <laughs> anymore so some soccer yeah. fan 1929 just commented on texas yeah. twitter go look out you'll you'll finally exactly. find david's secret profile i wasn't kind i wasn't kind at all to be very honest yeah okay <laughs> i said so, i said I said, save the sweet talk. This is not a quote-unquote mistake. Oh, he has to call it one. I'm just saying it now. David is going to be the guy that changes Twitter. You just, I, I can feel it in my bones. David's going to take over Twitter one day.